This is the Common Sense Podcast presented by Tamar. I'm your host, Tamar Weinberg, founder and CEO of Tamar, and I will be talking to people of all walks of life who have suffered adversity and overcome to rise above the ashes and now make self-care and wellness an absolute priority. Hi, everybody. Today we are in episode 31, and I have Ruth Rao here, who is, she is here from Virginia. So yeah, it's amazing. Somebody else in my time zone. Thank you so much for joining. You're welcome. So yeah, tell me a little bit about who you are, where you come from, and all the things. All the things. Well, like you said, I'm Ruth, and I'm a toy maker. I run an independent toy brand. We specialize in screen-free toys for kids to encourage imagination and creativity. And I actually came around to this uh, in kind of a strange way. I'm an architect by training. And I'm a licensed architect and still have a license. And I lost my job when I had my first child nine years ago. And through the course of being a stay-at-home, unexpected stay-at-home mom, uh, about a year into my son's life, his favorite teething toy got recalled for lead paint. And like any self-respecting first-time mom, uh, I completely panicked and Googled everything (laughs) and started learning about toy safety and how in the world could this have happened and what's in our toys. And I discovered that uh, toys kind of have a little bit of a a design problem right now. Um, There's a lot of plastic. There's a lot of chemicals. There's a lot of buttons and batteries and blinking lights. And I was learning that all of that is developmentally completely inappropriate for small children. So I started designing my own toys for my kids. And a couple of years into my second son's life, um, a friend saw one of the toys I designed and said, oh my goodness, I need three of those for all of my grandchildren. And so I started learning about becoming a toy brand. And here we are. <laughs> that is so cool. That's an amazing story. Um, <laughs> tell me, tell me where, what's the name of the company? Where's, what's the brand? Mouse Loves Pig. Mouse Loves Pig. Cool. Yeah. Dot com, right? Mouselovespig.com. Very, very cool. Um, I would ask you so many questions, like your supply chain challenges, <laughs> but I'm not sure if that's within the scope of this particular podcast. Oh my goodness. Let's just say that everything was difficult before the pandemic. And in the past four months, my supply chain has completely changed. It has been uh, an exercise in flexibility. Yeah, well, it's amazing that you've pivoted. So talk about, I know you mentioned a little bit before we started that you kind of had to pivot slightly. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing right now. So in February, my... Um, almost manufacturer was in Sri is in Sri Lanka and in February they shut down because of the pandemic and so all of a sudden I had to scramble and, th- and think oh no what am I what am I going to do for the holidays because in, in the toy industry you put in an order in like February March and you'll get the finished product around July August which is perfect for the holidays um, and so they shut down and I realized oh no I'm not going to be able to put in my order what's going to happen uh, and then here in Virginia, we everything here shut down in March. And a friend of mine said, oh, no, there's a shortage of PPE, personal protection equipment for our healthcare workers. 
people around the country are making cloth masks. Hey, Ruth, you sew. You know all about fabric. Can you help us do something with that here in our area? And so I accidentally became um, integrally involved in a volunteer effort to make masks for our healthcare workers. And this absolutely amazing groundswell of support came, just people came out of the woodwork. And our, our little volunteer organization um, made and distributed, I think, over 30,000 masks, both to the hospital and to healthcare workers in our area um, in the course of like six weeks. <laughs> and so I went from, okay, I'm a toy maker to, oh my goodness, I'm a mask maker and I'm a volunteer organizer and how did this happen? And because I make toys, people started asking me, oh, do you make kid masks? Uh, so after we made sure that our local healthcare workers were covered and had the cloth masks that they felt like they needed, I started designing and uh, figuring out how to do a, a mask for kiddos. And so that has become a huge um, pivot and shift during this pandemic, not just masks for the kids, but because we're a toy company, there's also a toy mask that we're putting together with it. And what I'm learning and what I'm finding from parents, just like my kids, they didn't want to wear masks. I mean, masks are uncomfortable, right? Like we want them. We think they're a great idea. They're going to keep our neighbors and our friends and family safe from our germs. But nobody wants to have something on their face. It's just not comfortable. And even more so for children who barely even understand what germs are or, or how sickness spreads. Uh, so when I made my children their masks, I made some matching ones for their favorite stuffed animals. And suddenly, mask making wasn't this weird, scary, uncomfortable thing. Suddenly, mask making was an opportunity to play. And kids learn best through play. And so all of a sudden, it went from, I don't want to wear this. I'm going to take it off 15 times while we're at the grocery store. It changed from that to, my stuffed animal is coming to the grocery store with us. And we're both going to keep the mask on the whole time. <laughs> and I've, I've had so much feedback from parents telling me the same thing that, oh my goodness, just, just the simple addition of a matching mask for their favorite toy is completely changing how kids are looking at mask wearing. So that's, that's been how we've, as a toy company, how we've shifted to try to help support our parents and our customers in the things that we need to do now that there's this new normal. What a what a beautiful story! I love that. I <laughs> I, I gotta you know it's funny because I see people definitely creating masks uh, in on Facebook. Everybody's creating masks, mm -hmm. but uh, and there is one making for children. But that that concept of doing it for your for your stuffed animal is it's it's brilliant. I hope you patent the idea before it's too <laughs> late. But no, definitely I'll definitely be passing that around because I'm a complete a huge advocate for masks. I mean. You know, I had this conversation last week in our in the podcast. I hate making these podcasts political, if you will, because people <laughs> think that masks is a political agenda, and it's really not. It's really not. And it's just amazing. And I love how you're making it, like, minimal friction. I have young kids, and, I mean, thankfully, they they do it because they, they're, they're all doing it. I mean, because the, the siblings are doing it. So it, it makes it easier, but it's a lot more difficult. It's, it's just so much more difficult in general to understand, to rationalize in, in a, and, and particularly I think for, and maybe I'm wrong, you also have, you know, more than one child, 
but mm-hmm. when you're all alone and socially you're not exposed to the same type of well social exposure that you used to have so right it's it's a that's that i love it i love it i'm gonna i'm gonna need i'm gonna need some photos of this so i can promote that because <laughs> i think it's great great yeah so yeah so i want to talk a little bit about your i guess your story i know a big premise of the common sense podcast is your like a, the rise above adversity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to get that a little bit of that from you, if you can share. Oh, good. Well, I mean, in the fast in the past four months, we've all had a heck of a lot of adversity. Um, but as far as the beginnings of Mouse Loves Pig, um, like I said, we I I started the business. It's a we now, but it, it was at first an I. Um, out of this necessity to create, I mean, again, I'm an architect, and to be suddenly out of work when I had my child, um, it was it was not my intention to not go back to work. It was always my intention to be a working mom. And when that completely disappeared for me, uh, it was a little... I didn't quite know what to think. Um it, it was not my plan. And so I had a lot of adjusting and shifting to do in my heart and in my mind around, okay, now instead of being working mom architect Ruth, I'm just Ruth. Um, and so when, when I realized that I was very passionate about childhood development. Uh, it's, I've always loved play and I've always loved to be playful. And I, I was always in my firm that I worked for, I was the, the person that kept asking questions like, well, why can't we do this crazy, curved, wonderful thing that is going to inspire people? And um, when I discovered play and toys and realized, oh, there's there's this whole industry out there where people design things to play with, um, I looked at it as a design challenge. I looked at trying to figure out if children are my clients, what is it that they need? What is it that helps them do their job? And their job in childhood is developing their brains and developing their creativity and developing those thinking muscles that are going to help them be the change makers of tomorrow. And it was a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun to design new toys and to watch how children play and uh, I, I realized somewhere in the first year of designing toys for my kids that the battle as a woman in architecture is a battle. For every for every woman in the design field, it, it is a battle to be on the job site, to just be female in that male-dominated industry. Um, and I learned through designing toys that designing toys that are developmentally appropriate and good for children. And uh, we're, we're not even going to get into the whole um, labor issue with where toys are made and how they're made, but just learning about all of that and realizing if, if I only have one battle to fight, if I only have enough energy for one battle in, in this lifetime, I want it to be the battle for our children. I want it to be the battle for play. I want it to be the encouragement of creativity and imagination and just not taking life so seriously Uh, because at the end of it it's relationships and it's ideas and it's connections with other people that are important not milestones and developmental um, things to achieve and levels up it so 
I think through through losing my job and discovering how much I love just I, I love design in general. Um, I've got so much more peace about what about the battle that I'm going to be fighting for the rest of my life. And this one's a fun one. It's a lot of fun. I mean, you're basically the you've become an architect of the kids stuff like you're, you're, yes. you're owning the kids space. And I love that. And I, I think that's great. And I mean, like just hearing what you're saying, you're impacting the lives of young minds. It's it's a much more fulfilling type of experience. You can reach so many more people. So I think that's great. And I, I applaud you for being able to do it. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess I'll, I'll go into the next question. Uh, and I know that obviously, and, I'm, and I know you might laugh. I'm sorry if you do, but I hope you don't. <laughs> um, I know right now the context of where, how we're trying to live right now has been completely disrupted. But, and and we're not doing the things we used to do. I put on 25 pounds. I'm trying to lose that weight right now, which is killing me. But and I'm doing things the ways I would never have otherwise done. And I'm like I, I'm making it making do. But for you yourself, what is like your trying to you know your self care? What does that look like? <laughs> yep. Go ahead, laugh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Some people can't, and if not, you don't have to talk about it now. You can talk about the before and maybe your goals. Because I will tell you something for myself personally. When I express intention before I start, and if I continue and I keep that intention in my mind, I usually fall, I, I usually pull through. Right. So try to do that with that mindset. <laughs> talk to me. So, oh, self-care. Um Obviously, as somebody who uh, is a mask maker in this time, there is a lot of demand. Um, so I've been I've been working way too much. Um, but it's also I think a lot of parents are probably feeling the same thing that oh no now I'm working from home and I'm caregiving and I'm trying to teach and I'm trying to make sure that my children stay fed and it, all of the support systems that we're used to having are gone. Um, so it, it's been challenging to make the time and I'm not going to say find the time because if I look for it I'm never going to find it um but I it's been challenging to make the time to unplug and to relax and to step away from the work and the stress and the worry um so I think the most effective self-care that I'm practicing right now is unplug and about every every other day I just unplug the phone I unplug the computer I'm, I'm shutting everything down and I'm not looking at the news, and I'm not looking at social media, and I'm not looking at all the things that I could be doing or should be doing, and I'm just getting offline. Um, so that's one. And another is extra snuggles with my kiddos, which I know sounds a little strange because we're with them 24-7 right now, but what we as a family have realized is that even though we are thrown together, um, we, we homeschool and work from home most of the time. So the, the change in our lifestyle has not been as drastic as it has been for other people. Uh, but because of the increase in work, we are finding that we're not connecting as much as a family as we were pre-pandemic. So I've been trying to be very intentional about, hey, boys, 
because I have two little boys. They're seven and nine. Hey, boys, let's let's sit on the couch and watch a movie together and snuggle and just be close. Let's go outside and play in the sprinkler. Let's sit, have a board game, even though they make me want to. Um, sometimes they just make me really irritated when I'm playing board games with small children. But that that time to connect as a family has been really good for my mental health, just to to cut through that ever-present mom guilt and just to give us that opportunity to say, you know what, things are strange, but we are okay. Uh, and I think that goes back to my love of, of connection and imagination as a family. We, we just, we need that time together. And then for me personally, uh, I've been taking a lot of baths. <laughs> just like after everybody goes to bed, that's my, that's my de-stress and my downtime is to put some some fizzy something in the bathtub and again, unplug, turn off. This is my quiet space that nobody can come into. And that's been really good for my mental health too. I love it. I love it. I think that's great. I think the emphasis on you're, you're doing exactly what you need to do. Um, and <laughs> I, it's funny. Cause I think, I feel like in a way you're like laughing cause you're kind of like, I don't think this is enough, but like, <laughs> don't, don't, don't sell yourself too short. You did it. You're doing you're doing your coping in, in your uh, in your circumstances. And I think that that's that's the right way to go. Um, I mean, some people aren't. I, I, I can't necessarily balance my children and my work. Uh, I, I try throughout the day to like squeeze things in, but it's not it's not easy. No, and I, I almost feel like the word balance is misleading. Like it makes us feel like there's at some point everything's going to come to rest. And because I've been working from home and, and started my business when my youngest was still in diapers and my oldest was potty training, because apparently I thought I had so much time at the <laughs> then. Um, but I've, I've always thought of working and parenting more like juggling. You know, when, when we say balance, we think of those scales that when they're balanced, they, they stop moving. Whereas juggling, I'm just trying to keep the balls in the air. And that for me, that makes my mental health a lot easier to manage because I know that there's only so many balls I can carry. There's only so many balls I can juggle. And eventually, if I add too many, they will all drop. So it makes it easier for me to say, you know, there's not a plate that I can put things on. There's balls that I can keep in the air. Uh, and it's been good for my my mental state to edit how much I take on or don't take on. Um, and it's also good because I'm, I'm recognizing that you know, if I'm bal if I'm juggling all of these different balls every now and then, I just need to put them all down and stop moving. Whereas when I say, "Oh, I need balance in my life," there's this feeling that I should be able to continue carrying everything and still be at rest. There was that whole thing, and it came, this was an article that was written many years ago, I think, by Marianne Slaughter, and it was like um, in the Atlantic about you know women who can't have it all, mm -hmm. and um, it's really one of the most profound things that I've ever actually read I thought especially because her her capacity she was working for the White House I think she's on the staff and to be to be present and being a, a good parent and also being able to perform it it's extraordinarily it's like impossible you can't do it and just now you add let's let's sprinkle in some pandemic here and you know like you just can't you can't do it 
Oh, and by the way, you have to be a homeschool parent all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. And, and that's why everybody wants to, like, open schools again. Or do they want to open schools again? Because they don't want to open schools. Like, it's such a crazy con- – like, this. I can't believe we're having these conversations. Can you have imagined <laughs> that last last year, this time, we would be like, oh, what, what mask am I going to wear today? You're like – I mean, these are conversations that just – it's insane. But, or um, things like with my supply chain, you know, a year ago it was, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna work with this fair labor company in Sri Lanka, and I've got a supplier that does organic cotton out of South Korea, and this is normal, and this is the global economy, and right now like nothing is shipping anywhere because everybody is quarantined, and so we we go from oh yeah we've got this wonderful global economy to oh no there's shortages of everything everywhere because people are staying home. It's it's been so much so much to take in mentally and emotionally. Yeah, my my particular, uh, you know, I actually launched a business in the middle of the pandemic. I'm insane. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I mine is all like a fragrance for self-care and mental health and wellness. It's like that was the right time to launch. But Mm -hmm. I had conversations for over a year with a provider um, in my bottler and they and when I was preparing for to get a sample of like what we finally, after so many months of discussing, um, I was comfortable with, they said, oh, you know, our factory is now a PPE factory. You're going to have to pay this amount of money to accelerate your production. I'm like, so that means with my minimum order quantities, I'm not, it's not even worth it. Right. So I, I had to shift all of my, all of my supply chain as well to the United States for people like a company that's specific to bottling. Like, Especially when you're trying to do China, they they like you know on demand like switch switch up their factories. So I you don't have that issue, but in the same you have like a different a similar issue that yeah the pandemic has totally disrupted our, our the way we live right now. So yep. And just going back to masks, I mean you know the fact that you're still doing it. Of course, it's your business now. But I have people who have I actually had a friend last week who said you know I've been making masks for four months now. I'm taking a break. She said yeah. she, she couldn't do it anymore. It's just, yeah, you make it full time and it's full time and then some, and she's always posting. And obviously people are always buying. It's like, I'm glad well, there's I, a market. There, I'm glad that something that I do, I think the, the Lord knew that I needed to do something in the middle of all of this craziness. Um, and having something to do and feeling useful and feeling like I'm contributing positively, again, that has also been just immense for my mental health during all of this crazy. Um, but even even more than that, I think shifting to how to support the parents and how to support their families and how to support their kids and and trying to take everything that I love about my business, which is you know the creativity, the imagination, the connection between caregivers and children. And to be able to to lay on top of that, okay, what are they dealing with right this minute? What do they need from me right this minute? Um, that has been, in the past four months, such an eye-opener about serving my community. I just, it's been so, I, I hate to say it's been such a positive thing because it's such a terrible thing. Um, but I, I've been so grateful that the skills that I've been given have been so useful. Yeah, that's great. You know, it's so funny that you say it's a positive thing and it's a terrible thing. And I totally, totally get that. So I'm going to share a very, very weird, but like real story that happened to me. (laughs) So somebody had, I'm I'm a member of a a group on 
uh, on Facebook, or I was a member of a group on, uh, on Facebook about like eBay sellers. And somebody had said that, you know, COVID is great for my business right now. And, and I, you know, I appreciated his sentiment, but the, one of the moderators, one of the, the admin of the group had said COVID, you should, no one should be happy of what's going on in COVID. So she shut down the thread and I had messaged her privately, very, very quietly saying, you know what, COVID for me has brought my community together. And I know your, your sentiment is totally, I totally understand your sentiment, but from other people, it's not just about that. And, and I think that, you know, coming harsh at him, coming hard at him was not like the way to do it because, you know, some people are coping in their way. Mm-hmm. And she actually, that was like a message that I sent her. She ended up blocking me on Facebook and banning no. me from the group. And when I tried to appeal to the other moderator who I have a relationship with, she's like, um, this is the best moderator I've ever had. Like, unfortunately, I'm starting to realize that this is, this particular pandemic is really polarizing. People who have community feel very, very good and they feel comfortable within their community, but then there are other people who aren't. So I can give you an example, for example, of another neighbor of mine who I tried to kind of bring into our like online WhatsApp group. And I had seen him down the block and I said hello to him. And I said, I'm gonna gonna maintain my distance, of course, because you know, whatever, but I don't think I'm a threat to you because I had the virus in March. And he went off on me. Like, this guy's like, I'm 70 years old. My mother-in-law's 96. I'm gonna, and I felt so bad for him. And I felt, obviously, I felt embarrassed, you know. I'm trying to give him peace of mind. But he was like, you know what? He's like, I've studied vaccines and I've worked in infectious diseases and we don't know anything. And you could, you could totally pay. Like, and I'm just like, you're probably, you're probably right. And I respect that. But I just wanted to make you feel better. Like, really? <laughs> I just wanted to give you peace of mind that for me, as opposed to potentially somebody else, that while I'm still donating plasma and have, you know, antibodies, that, um, you know, I'm obviously not going anywhere. But just, just to respect, you know, whatever. Respect your space. So Kindness goes a long way. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, then I sent, I sent a message to his wife and I said, I'm really sorry if your husband got mad at me. I, I believe, like, and, and I thought, you know... I realize you're, you guys are feeling isolated and I really, I think that really, that was sentiment from just feeling all alone and I feel very bad for them and I wish I can do more. Uh, like I'm still, again, I'm still embarrassed. Like I think he's going to want to avoid me for the forever. It's, he uses my, my, my driveway as a shortcut to, to go places. I don't think he's going to use it anymore, mm. but like, I, I just felt bad, you know, and that, that's the thing. This is, I think the coronavirus is bringing out the best in people and also the worst in people. And I wish I could, I wish we can just skew toward being, you know, there for each other in a way that's important. And um, I think you're doing what you're doing in terms of making masks and, and helping people in that capacity. And hopefully no one's coming out at you saying, oh my God, you should be, you shouldn't make a mask. You shouldn't wear a mask and all those things. Oh, I get the hate mail all the time. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So there's there's hate mail and emails coming in about the masks. And then we also, as a toy company, uh, one of the toys that we make is a um, toy for diversity. It's a little rainbow ribbon wand that has all sorts of different skin tone colors on the wand. And so, you know, that's a big issue right now, too. But we've been making this toy for over a year now. And the 
I mean, just the vitriol and the hate that comes out when I post about that toy. And I'm all the time blocking comments and blocking just haters, people that, that are angry. And it's like, you know what? I don't, I don't have the mental time, energy, or effort to try to educate you about why children need to see other children that don't look like themselves. So we're just not, I'm just not even going to engage. I just, that's my self care. I don't even engage. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it feels better to self engage. Like, obviously, you know, if I ignored that particular in, uh, interaction that I had with my neighbor, I wouldn't feel good. I don't think there's there's any way to feel good about how these things are going on. But yeah, not engaging because that's just making it's drama. As, that's crazy. I mean, I, I don't know where it's human nature is polarizing. <laughs> so let me let me ask. Let me let me shift into the like, I guess, the final question about for going back to you, Ruth is and this is sort of the common sense segment of the podcast <laughs> if you can give an earlier version of yourself some advice what would you tell her stop being so scared <laughs> um, well you know what usually i mute this and i wait like i i sit there and i'm waiting for you to like you know respond and you just had a response right away and i like that <laughs> yeah yeah so is it like, was it your fear to begin? Like maybe delve into that a little bit. Um, I think not so much my fear to begin, but my fear to be wrong. Um, as a as a younger person, as a new mom, when I was first uh, in, my, in my field as an architect, there was just a lot of fear of, oh no, what if I'm not good enough? What if I'm not creative enough? What if I make mistakes? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? Um, what if people judge me for my opinion? And I think the older I get, um, I'm not, I'm on, I'm on the opposite side of, um, 35. So the older I get, the less I care about being wrong. Um, you know, like if, if masks are wrong, I don't really care. I'm going to make them, they're making kids feel better. They're making parents feel better. It's a good thing. Um, you know, if screen free toys turn out to be wrong, I don't really care. My kids love them. They make the behavior in our household better. I'm going to spread that and hopefully help other families have the same success that we've had. Um, you know, as far as moving forward in the business and making big, big decisions with money and with how, how to run the business, um, I can, I can hem and haw all day long over, oh no, I don't want to make a mistake and, and choose the wrong manufacturer or choose the wrong supplier. And you know what? I just need to make a choice. Just move forward. Uh, so I think telling, telling my former self, just stop being so scared of being wrong and make a decision. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. You know, failure is one of the best teachers in the world. You, if you're, if you're doing it right, you're not going to make the same mistake twice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, tell me where mouseloverspig.com. Yes. Besides that, where can we find you? Well, mouseloverspig.com. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook, also under mouseloverspig. And a sweet little story, because I know people always ask, where did you come up with the name? Um, again, with the whole imagination and connection as a family. Every night at bedtime, we sing... Uh, songs and have snuggles before bed. And when my children were small, we would sing The Farmer in the Dell. It was a big favorite when I had toddlers because all the animals make noises. And so my husband 
went in to do it. It was his turn. So he went in and sang The Farmer in the Dell, but he forgot the words. So he sang this little sing-song story about the farmer and the mouse who ate the cheese. And the next night it was my turn to sing songs and I started singing The Farmer in the Dell and I started singing the real words and my boys stopped me and said, no, mama, we want the story farmer with the mouse. So that's the mouse. And then my youngest son's favorite lovey is a stuffed pig. So Mouse Loves Pig is kind of a nod to all of our adventures as a family. I love it. It's so great. I love it. It's so cute. Yeah, we have we have a bear, a bear, an elephant, and a doll. Oh, so sweet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for sharing yourself, your time, your your story, I think it's great. I think the timing is, is right and you did the right thing. So thank, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you all again for tuning in. This is your host, Tamar Weinberg of the Common Sense Podcast. Till next time, 